we spend 30% of our life energy on average to make money. And then we ignore it. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. I am very excited to have Carol Craigie on the podcast today. Carol and I met at a financial planning conference not that long ago, and we became fast friends. I think part of the reason we hit it off is she is a psychologist who has turned into a money and emotions expert, has done wonderful work in the field of financial services, but most recently has been working in her company, Fiscal Fitness Club. And so I am excited to welcome Carol Craigie to our podcast and for our discussion today about the myth that she's brought with her. Welcome, Carol. Hey, Kathleen. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to delve into your myth. And so why don't you tell people who are listening what the myth is that you wanted to bust wide open today? Budgeting is too hard and a waste of time. So tell us a little bit about why you picked that myth and what motivated you. Well, first, I hear it all the time. I don't have time. It's too hard to track. It won't help. Um, it, yet it has proven to be, from my viewpoint, the number one reason people can accomplish the goals they want. So that's interesting to me because I know there's a lot of resistance when it comes to budgeting. And one of the things I talked to recently or talked about recently in a graduate course that I teach for financial planners is language. And so either now or later, we can get into the word budgeting versus calling it something else. But um, so you hear it time and time again. People say it's a waste of time. It's too hard. But you find it. It sounds like you feel like it's really important and, and almost a foundation for financial security. Yeah. You know, as a financial planner, our real job is to help people get clear on their financial goals, such as how much do you need to retire, you know, uh, and what's the target date. And then we're supposed to find the best strategies to help them accomplish those goals. You know, use HSAs, defer social security, put money in your 401k, all that stuff. And people's goals cover a range such as preparing for retirement or protecting their family from death or disability or buying a house, getting out of debt. Well, getting clear on so many of these goals requires you know what people spend, right? I mean, and so I'll say, well, what do you spend now? So I can adjust the retirement income to account for things like their house is going to be paid off and they have to cover health care expenses. And most of the time I get the answer, I don't know everything I have. <laughs> well, if you think about all those goals, you need to have an income target in order to calculate it, what you have to do to achieve those, right? I mean, like how much life insurance do you need depends on what kind of income you need. 
And when you think about it, it's crazy. We spend 30% of our life energy on average to make money. And then we ignore it. So, so some of this doesn't surprise me, obviously, given the work that I do. But some of it, um, I can actually, if I put my client hat on, I can kind of, I can identify with. Of like, oh, I don't know if I want to get all those numbers together. That's a lot of time. I don't, I don't know. I might feel uncomfortable sharing that information. So, so tell me, how do you help people kind of bust this myth open? Because it seems like it, it's one that's, uh, you know, pretty pervasive in our society. Absolutely pervasive. As far as it being too hard and taking too much time, with today's technology, that's a real myth. I mean, it's really easy now. There are programs like mint.com that you connect up with all your different accounts, and then you can quickly train it to automatically categorize them. So it's not like the old days where you had to write down everything you spent. If you use uh, debit cards or credit cards or your bank, you know, checks are harder, but most people don't write that many checks anymore. So if it takes all of that information and, and automatically brings it in, and it's a kind of an AI right? Artificial intelligence. It looks at the title and it says, King Supers. I know that that's a grocery store. Now King Supers is even added King Supers fuel if it's from a gas station. So the program automatically knows whether this was groceries or food. Now, if you go to 7-Eleven, they might not know. But that myth that it takes a lot of time, that's gone. So does it Um, take a lot of time to set it up? At the most, an hour to set it up and get, and get it trained. And then it takes about 15 to 30 minutes a week to not just track where your money goes, but it would take another hour to set up where you want your money to go, right? And where you think it goes to really think through. And then it takes maybe 15 to 30 minutes a week to stay on top of both tracking where your money is going and being able to look at your budget and see, are you on track or off and where do you have to adjust? Okay. So that sounds pretty simple and it doesn't sound like a lot of time given the fact that we probably spend more time in the gym each week than we would spend doing the finances uh, for most of us. But let me ask, if so many people believe the myth budgeting is too hard and a waste of time, there must be a way in which it serves people or it's helpful because I believe every myth has like an up and a downside. So in your opinion, Carol, how how could this myth be helpful for somebody? Well... I personally know that um, if I want to spend money on something and I get guilty, then it robs me of some of the pleasure, right? Yes. And so um, the good side and the bad side of this thing is um, I know like if I'm upset, my mother taught me that the best way to deal with a problem was to go shopping, Excellent. Uh, Retail therapy. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, it was a bad day. Oh, honey, let's go shopping. And really, it was spending time with my mom that made me feel good. But I developed that habit. 
Well, being clear on what the consequences are now make it much less fun. Like, for example, I know um, that um, one of my goals is to help my grandkids with their college funding or education funding. And I know now that I'm making a choice between college funding, this awesome vacation I really want to go on, and spending money. And if I go shopping and I spend 200 bucks that above my budget, and I do have one for shopping, but if I spend that 200 bucks above my budget, that means I'm either not funding my grandkids' education or I'm pushing my vacation back a month. So really tying it to what you want versus what what you might want in the moment, you're tying it to what you actually want in the long run. What I really want, uh, Americans are stressed about money and we're not accomplishing our goals. And we found that if you know what your goals are, what it needs to take, and the consequences of your choices, then they make much different choices. It's so interesting. So just to be clear, it sounds like the upside of believing the myth that budgeting is too hard and a waste of time is the idea that then you don't have to like feel the pain of your purchases or you get to feel more pleasure because you're mindless about it. But if you're more mindful of what's coming in and what's going out, you're actually going to get to where you want to go as opposed to it's almost like, you know, a ship just going down a river, bouncing off the side as opposed to having a destination. Yeah, we have this um, funny uh, song we, we play at Christmas uh, that's called Jangled Nerves. And one of the lines is dashing through the mall, spending while we can, buying love for all. <laughs> and, and then it goes on to say, until the January credit card bills arrive. Yeah, I call that a financial hangover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and so the truth is, if you know how much money you can spend and the consequences of your choices, you will get what you really want from your money much faster. And so what I love about what you do, Carol, and and you've done it in different capacities. As I mentioned, you um, certainly know financial psychology, have a background in working with um, couples and families as a psychologist, but now uh, more recently working as a financial planner and in this uh, business that you have about financial education. What I love is that you actually don't just say budgeting is good. It's, you really show people how to do that. So give us a couple of tips on on how we would bust through this myth for ourselves, like how we could get over this. And, and I'm not just talking about listeners. I feel like there's a part of me that has a resistance to budgeting personally, not professionally, not in my business, but personally, probably because I want to just have fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so one, we think if you take a, you have to commit to a, a, a little bit of a time frame. It takes on average four months to change habits, right? Okay. So if you're not getting what you really want from your money, if you're stressed, if you're not sure you can retire when you want, or, you know, you really wish you could help your kids with schooling, or you want to get your debt paid off. If you get clear on what's most important, what will make you happiest, right? What will reduce your stress? So one is think about what is it you really want from all this work, right? And then second is then say, okay, I'm going to spend four months and I'm just going to try this experiment of spending a half an hour a week. And it probably won't take you that much time after you get going, but I'm going to spend that time. The second thing we suggest is get a money buddy. Ooh, what's a money buddy? 
A money buddy is somebody that helps that helps hold you accountable. And you help hold them accountable to achieving what you want. And we've discovered if you get a money buddy and you have to just tell somebody what you've done or not done, it changes behavior and it makes it more fun. So um, we actually run clubs where we have groups of people get on the phone and talk about what they've learned and what they're doing with the challenge. And what we find is that it gets excitement and energy going like, I didn't know I spent this much on eating out. Or I can't believe what this is costing us. Um, so get a money buddy and then agree once a week to check in. And what would a check-in look like? I mean, you know, just at a high level. Well, so so the the first you got to set your budget up, but get somebody to agree. And then the first thing you do is go through a process of setting up mint.com. And then the next thing you do is actually, and this will take about an hour, project your budget for the whole year, right? And then show it to the other person. Now that feels very weird because money is so private. And as you and I talked about, it's in the closet, right? I mean, money, I mean, it's more acceptable to talk about your sex life than it is your credit cards. So you really have to break money silence by showing somebody your budget. Is there a way in which, you know, I feels like that's a whole nother program, Carol, but it sounds like you and your organization help people do that. And I'm not saying that, you know, for some people, it may be easy. It may be a relief to share those numbers. For others, it may be a really hard thing you're asking them to do. So how Mm -hmm. does your organization or what do you believe is important in helping people take that step of sharing those numbers? Well, we start with easy things, Um, you know, and so maybe sharing the whole budget is not where you can go first, but at least if you can share your goals. The second thing is, um, you know, we share our own stories and our own pain and the consequences. And when the first person breaks silence, you find that um, other people start breaking silence. The American Psychological Association actually did a research project on this. And they showed that financial stress is one of the top two stressors in America. And if you have somebody else that you trust, that you can talk about with your money, that it dramatically reduces your stress, which actually improves your health. So that certainly seems like it's worth an hour or two in figuring out how to break silence, starting slowly if you need to start slowly. Yeah. And, and if you find a good friend you know, we'll, we'll get a girlfriend or, or even if it's a spouse and the agreement is we're not going to judge. We're just going to listen and ask some challenging questions sometimes. Um, spouses are another whole topic. We have a whole couples <laughs> and money class, so we won't go there. But if you get somebody to agree and you both set up mint and first you just get to complain about how easy or hard it is to set it up. And then you project your budget and um, I do have an offer. If people need a budget form, um, they can contact us and we will send them a free budget form that's actually matched up to the categories in Mint. And it lets people project expenses, uh, routine and variable. Routine are things like that happen every month. The variable expenses are the things that cause people trouble, car repairs, home repairs, uh, vet bills, you know, uh, all of those kinds of things that we 
I mean, we can predict they're coming. Like if you own a car, uh, it's going to break down, right? If you own a house, you're going to have to put money into it to keep it up. Um, but in any case, so you project those expenses. And then once a month, you, you go into Mint and you say, oh, where'd my money go this month? And there's, in Mint, it's cool. There's a button called Trends. And you can say, what did I spend in these different categories in the last 30 days? I mean, that's how fast it is. Well, let me just, why don't you let people know where they can email you to get that form? Because I think that's really important because part of what I could see, depending on your age and your comfort level with technology, potentially there's a little bit of pushback on how do I manage the technology? Like it's one thing to talk about money, then I have to do this technology. Whereas I think for some people who are more comfortable, certainly millennials and people who have technology in their life all the time may say, oh, that makes it really easy. So where can they get this form from you, Carol? Because that's a very nice offer. Info at fiscalfitnessclubs.com. And it's F-I-S-C-A-L, Fiscal Fitness. Great. And I will put uh, that information in the notes to the podcast so people can just click on it and ask for that form. Um, so, Carol, what is one thing you would want to leave listeners with um, about budgeting and about taking the time to do this and engaging and being mindful with money? If you want to accomplish your goals, and I don't care what the goal is, whether it's vacationing or whatever, you have to, you're going to have to budget. You're going to have to track your money, whether you call it budget or planning, right? But you you need to know where your money goes if you want to change it. And I have this picture of Australia on my refrigerator because that's my next goal. Ooh, nice. And I can choose to eat out in Australia or I can choose to eat out here. Love that. And then I have some Australian recipes that I put on the refrigerator that when I'm wanting to not cook, they're fast meals that remind me of Australia and it helps keep me on my goal. And I funded several trips this way. And so knowing what you want and then being able to direct your money there makes a huge difference. One last story, I have a client who was 70, thought she would never be able to retire. We worked on her budget for nine months. She's going to be retiring in a year. Wow, that's exciting. Because cutting your budget by like $200 a month is worth a 1% return on your portfolio, which is easier to get control. So, yeah, we find people all the time reaching their goals when they start budgeting and remembering what their goals are. I love what you are up to, and I love that we worked at busting the myth wide open and that uh, budgeting or spending plans are a way to feel uh, in control of your life and be able to reach your goals is actually a fact and um, not a waste of time, Carol. And what you're doing at um, the fiscal fitness clubs is really, really, I think, important because it can help people who maybe don't have a buddy or prefer to, to work with uh, people who have been there um, really be able to connect and break money silence. So thank you so much for your time and your expertise and, and all that you do. 
Oh, thank you. And I appreciate your having this show. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.